everybody to the Faking Notes Faking Podcast, Faking boy. Notes podcast. Uh, today's guest, um, you've heard him before on our first and only and hopefully recurring segment, Phone It In. Uh, he is now a YouTube celebrity. You have heard his his covers on JHM Jams, uh, where he's covered over 400 over 400 separate covers featuring uh, many friends of the pod, many future friends of the pod, our musician colleagues from Juilliard, all around New York, now all around the globe. He brings them in and they just have fun and cover the latest hits. Every Tuesday and Friday for the past four years. So he is a man of consistency, a man of habit. And you'll Habits. hear all of his tips and tricks, uh, where he got them from. And he's very poignant and very well-spoken and how he goes about and how he's been able to form a path in a career that he liked. One thing that I love most about Ken Kubota is how he, even having gone to Juilliard, even having studied classical music, he he is a type of musician who never stops asking questions. And musicians that continue to ask questions are those that continue to develop. Ken Kubota is just the case study. He's the case study in that practice. So we hope you sit back and enjoy and uh, listen to what he has to say and put into action what he does. We're going to have him on again. Here's our conversation with Ken Kubota. Enjoy. <laughs> Dude, nice. I can't wait for what kind of intro that you'll have for me, man. Oh, it's beautiful. Only the man, finest of intros for Ken. Oof. Can't wait for that eloquent words. What were we talking about? We were talking about <laughs> something, Ken. You were about to explain something. Oh, yeah. So I was talking to, I don't know if you know, this audio guy, Eric Wagner. He's uh, this dude in uh, Ohio. Anyways. I was on like a friend's like TV show called Basic Pitch and I was like helping like guest host like interviews for this guy. Anyways, he was telling me that there was like an experiment done where for, like a party, like a group of people were shown two videos which were exactly the same video, but the audio, one was an MP3 and the other was like a raw uncompressed like thing. And then the group of people were asked the question, which video looks better, right? Everyone's like overwhelmingly picking like the uncompressed like raw file. So I found that to be like really interesting because like you were mentioning, you know, we were talking earlier about like, you know, upgrading like the visuals and making the visuals look great, which I think, you know, is a very obvious component for a lot of people to be able to tell like what's a good quality image what's not. But I thought it was also just interesting that even normal people can, I guess, hear, well, yeah, hear the difference between like a lower quality audio and a higher quality audio, even if that's not what they think that they are paying attention to. Because wow. the videos were the exact same, but it was just that the audios were different, but people were like, this looks better. They're using their sense of ears to translate to sight, which I thought was like mad interesting. So like that could be, I don't know, that might be like an interesting thing for you to try. You know, you could just like post 
like two videos, like swipe left, right, exact same video, but like different quality audio and be like, do you guys like notice if one video looks better or not? <laughs> you know, and then, you know, it might be an interesting thing because I haven't like tried it myself. And, you know, when I first went into like a lot of this audio thing, like, I don't know if, if I can consciously tell that much, like these finer details, you know, unless I'm paying attention to it. I wonder if you see those, of course, there's that one problem in like experiments of when you're given a choice between two things, you're going to also be paying more attention to where maybe that quality bump isn't discernible if it wasn't Mm -hmm. posed like, hey, which one of these is better or or like that the office meme, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which like they're the same exact picture, but (laughs) but because you have to choose, you know, you're, you're like looking for things. Uh, but that is that is really interesting how like they're connected like the senses because um, I'm sure they control yeah because I right but yeah no it was it was kind of interesting because like I I always kind of had the mindset that you know like when I'm posting on you know Instagram or places where you know things just get compressed like the quality is downgraded from like the raw thing that you initially export you know so I was. I had the impression that, you know, when I'm posting on Instagram, maybe I should be worrying much more about like the visuals or how it looks. And like, maybe it's okay if like the audio is like not top notch. I mean, I end up producing like the raw, like the best quality audio that I can anyway. But, you know, like I didn't, I didn't think that it would have that great of an impact, but you know, it was just kind of interesting to know that I guess it really does. And people can tell. You know, hmm. if given the given the choice, so audio audio is important. Yeah. I wonder about the depending upon the format because since this is a podcast, I've been talking about this recently with other people. I've been recording is that you ruin the quality of it so much <laughs> intentionally because the file uh-huh. size would be so huge that the download speed and just taking up your listeners. Uh, oh like God. the space on their phone. I can I can speak to this. Yeah, we just yeah we were just talking yeah. about this, and so what we have to yeah. do for this is, <laughs> is it's mono, which <gasps> has its issues. So it's in mono, so right. it's already half the size, mm-hmm. and then it's even a lower quality. And for me, what I was joking about it's like that's one of the benefits of this format, as, as definitely as opposed to video, in that uh, there's really diminishing returns. Like after after a couple bucks, because you're going to be reducing the the quality of the audio anyways, sitting in a studio doesn't really help. Like all of these podcasts you're hearing now who went into studios and who are now recording or radio shows or NPRs, mm. things like that, mm-hmm. who are now recording right. from home sound almost the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel really yeah. bad. I feel really bad for you know all these studios people. They're just like getting a little sweaty. They're like, uh-oh. Uh, no, it's gonna yeah. I'm very sweaty, as you can tell. Yeah, yeah. Really I mean, sweaty. but you're exercising. That's great, though. Like, I haven't gone running in a little bit, so I kind of Bro. feel a little guilty, like, seeing you working hard, you know, busting your ass. Bro, you know Same what it bit. is? It's, it's anxiety, boy. Well, then I guess that means that I have none because I have no <laughs> urge to <laughs> run it out. Something's wrong. My input is really low. Are you recording from that other mic again, or...? No, I have no I idea. I am. My oh my fucking god! It's recording dude, from another mic. Input. This is so embarrassing. Hold on. I it's, okay. Right. it's okay. It's okay. We're recording, recording off- and uh, video. We're recording and video in this embarrassment. Oh my god! This is gonna be. This is gonna be. So it's a good thing I wasn't talking that much. 
up until now. Because now it's all right with the world. I'm sorry about that, gentlemen. Are we good? I turned down the input on input one all the way, but it was still picking it up. So that's what it deceived me. I So bit. I, my favorite, I recorded a piece with Ariel Horowitz and the mm-hmm. same the same exact thing to where I just mm-hmm. like left both mics on. And we had had two stations, one where she was singing station and then she walked over and play violin. And I was just so confused. And we're like, <laughs> is this, and I'm calling Nathan, like, is the preamp broken? Like we're recording in a studio. Mm-hmm. And no, I just had the, <laughs> wrong input <laughs> you know which is such a typical like oh, it's such a typical call nathan prillman problem and then he's just like hey did you check the blah 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 and you're like of course i did, did. Uh, i'm i'm gonna have to hang up <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you can i join the conversation we were talking about a little earlier yeah now that uh, we got your mic join in can you hear my roommate playing yeah, but it's 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 okay. it's sultry. It makes you feel it makes you really, really hip. Like you got your own background music. I've been listening. Yeah, man. I I I feel ashamed because I practice Bach all the time in my room. I'm sure my roommates <laughs> are very tired of hearing the D minor suite. No um, one's tired of the D minor suite, bro. Continue. Look, you'd be surprised. So, one thing that I've learned as a YouTuber, and as I've like, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, Ken, uh, is like the one thing they say in terms of content creation and and what's important for content creators, they say to invest in your audio before your video. Because if you have to have one thing, if you have to choose one of them to be low quality, either your audio or your video, you want the video to be low quality over the audio because your brain interprets audio much faster than visual stimuli. So that's why, that's Hmm. probably why in that, case study people perceived the video to look better because it had more auditory information they were unconsciously probably diagnosing the more information and associated that with higher quality video but in actuality the brain is interpreting the audio stimuli yeah that's awesome well it makes me yeah. feel good because i spend way much like way more money on just like I know. audio equipment than i have on like <laughs> video equipment so and it makes me feel like shit because i have five thousand dollars with the cameras and like an a road nt1a that's all you need baby i got that yeah it's hilarious that's just like i have like a pair of mics that is more expensive than all my like camera stuff combined you know bro it's okay man dude your videos look good though man i think you know the the trick with video is that even with like a low quality camera as long as you have ample lighting like just a lot of like good lighting it makes it look good like so good iphone video like i mean granted iphone videos are great nowadays Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. even just like a cheaper like phone camera or even like a lower quality like a uh, you know camera like when you have a lot of lighting or like you light it really well it's great i feel like it's just isn't it like i mean you can tell me cuz i don't really know a lot about like cameras or videos like as the cameras get more expensive you know some of i like my impression is that the videos just get like the camera gets better at handling just less ideal situations Right. It's just like what Mm -hmm. I think the more expensive cameras are good at doing. So like low light situations or just like, you know, backlit, you know, all these like situations where it's not ideal for the video or the image to look good. It can make that situation work. 
as opposed to, you know, like a cheaper camera that won't be able to. But well, that's I think why it, people invest in the reds, you know what I mean? Because sometimes you're shooting outside at night and all you have is a couple of aperture lights that you have to, you know, turn on full blast 50 yards downrange. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You can't to create an essence, you know? So, right, right. But you're, so, right. you're right. You know, I think that's uh, an important thing that I feel like a lot of people should, you know, kind of understand too, mm -hmm. that... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, investing in lighting is so much cheaper than buying a new <laughs> camera. Dude, like I have like a pair of softbox lights from Amazon for like 80 bucks maybe. Do you still yeah. have the, did I give you my, uh, did I give you some lighting? I don't think, I think you offered. I don't think yeah. I actually I ended some, up. I gave it to somebody. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't to. have it. Yeah. Cause I just have like these two from Amazon. That's cool. And no, I was just great. like, wow. yeah, dude. Drew's like, where, where's my lighting at? Where, where's where my lighting? <laughs> no, 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 no. Where my lighting at? Yeah. That's what well, this I mean, is actually about. He's like, I really need yeah. to bring Ken on so we can record me trying to get my stuff back. So <laughs> that so, couldn't fit in my car. So now that Ken, yeah, now that Ken doesn't have it, we're going to have to end this call and then right. interview someone else who might have your lighting. Like, that's yeah. Right. Maybe I'll, I can give you a list of names, maybe, <laughs> that you can like go down the list and try to. Just like John Hong. That. John, hey, John, what'd John you Hong do with my, my lighting? <laughs> okay, we're going to interview John Hong real quick. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> the year, Phoning in. Yeah. The year 2014, we zoomed you. So speaking of that, so Ken, we, well, there's a lot we can already talk about. Um, and, and we're probably going to delve into all of these. But mm -hmm. let's, let's skip back to running. You're a runner. We were just talking about exercise a little bit. Drew looking sweaty. Um, uh -huh. I just look like I haven't showered. And, <laughs> and, uh, and just my pit stains. Yeah. Ah, so, so Drew exercised, nice. and I thought about it. But you're you're a pretty avid runner. Like, how are you I handling guess, that during this? Um, you know, like I kind of feel guilty saying that I'm an avid runner right now because, like, to be honest, I haven't run in like a good couple weeks. You know, and but I don't think. It hasn't been that bad, you know, like the concern being like, you know, if I run outside without like any kind of protective gear, am I going to like contract it and am mm -hmm. I going to die from this virus, you know? But I guess it seems like most of the time when I'm running outside, I'm like running along like Riverside and there's not that many people. If it's a really nice day, though, a lot of people are kind of like around there. But, you know, trying to keep that distance. But... It's it's been it's been fine. I mean, it's definitely refreshing because like I do spend all of my day just <laughs> inside. Like literally, this place where I'm sitting in my living room is where I am all day. Like I wake up, I like maybe you're like, like a streamer, break. bro. I know, like seriously. Though. But it's been great because I I used to like my my bedroom is right behind that wall, and that's mm -hmm. where I used to be all day too. But my room is like much smaller. It's much darker. And so it, you know, to be in there for like 24 hours a day wasn't really like great. So like, since my roommate's not here, you know, so I like relocated everything out to the living room. So all my like studio monitors and then like I borrowing this like big monitor from my roommate. So like, I literally have a workstation out here and it's like much bigger and there's a window. So this is, this is amazing. You got a bunch of free stuff and one less roommate. So you're living... You're living your best life. Yeah, pretty much. So this is, yeah. So it's been, in that sense, it's been good because I 
have much more space. And I think that really helps with my like psychology too. just kind of like it's a much better brain space for me to be in a bigger space and have like a window, like a big window right here to like have the outside world. That's the difference between New York and L.A. I can really tell Uh, from my experience is like having space and sunlight light (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a it's a thing that you like start to take for granted you know when you're when you're in a beautiful place that's always kind of like that and you know it's not always the case in new york so i i never really thought about it until even moving between the two apartments have been in in la which is where like having an office set up in the living room with sunlight was infinitely better than like a, a corner a corner room with no sunlight it, it, right. It's it, where I actively, it was a big enough difference to notice, like, wait, why is it kind of sad in here? Oh, there's no sun. <laughs> there's no yeah. sun. Nah. Yeah, so it's great. Just got to buy a sun lamp and put it in the corner. Yeah. Of Speaking room. of lighting and the importance of lighting, this is That's this true. is what we're talking about. But yeah, nah. how, was, how was when you could go around and run and roam freely? Uh, when when did the running start? Have you always had the like like the athletic itch, or was it was it like an active t- decision for like discipline, or like hey, I gotta like lose these smoothie pounds? Or, can what, I what answer for him? And ju- can I guess his answer? Go for it. Yes, we we're not it, here to interview Ken. We're here to interview nah. Ken yeah. and you answer. So. Yeah, and I answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go so for I'm it, go here for to it. talk for you. <laughs> All right, um, hit me. Japanese hungry man. I'm just trying to, I feel like we're on a dating show and I'm trying to see how well I know my, <laughs> know my buddy. Okay. So Japanese hungry man. It's because you're a Japanese hungry man and you want to work off all the calories. You know, that is uh, not, not that JHM. <laughs> JHM <laughs> so like the thing is like, I guess I like growing up, I wasn't athletic kind of guy. I used to be in track, you know, in uh, middle school and I was pretty active, but I was never able to consistently do any athletic activity. So for a while, I was like trying to find, find like a reason to run. Like I couldn't find like a consistent enough reason to want to go run. But when I was hanging out with a bunch of friends, one time, one of my friends told me that she like runs and I was like trying to look for a running buddy. So I was literally just asking like all my friends and they were all like, man, not really. I don't really run. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, great. I guess I won't run either. <laughs> so finally found a friend and uh, she was a runner or like she told me that she was. And I was like, oh, this is great. And I was like, you know, but I don't really run. So like, you know, I hope you're not that intense. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> like, and she's like, yeah, like, I haven't, you know, I haven't run in like a couple of weeks. I'm like out of shape. We'll take it slow. Like, this will be, this will be fine. So I like meet her at Central Park. And then, you know, I'm ready to maybe like, like, granted, I've never run more than like a mile or like two at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's what I was expecting. I thought it was going to be like a fun 15 minute like yeah. jog. And it was just yeah. going to be like, hey, you know, like the weather's nice, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like we started running and then she wouldn't stop. 
you know? And <laughs> but the thing is like being kind of like the prideful man that I am, like yeah. I didn't want to be the one to be like, hey, like can we You're stop? Not quitting. You know, I can I can't be like, can we take a break? Can we take a pause? Like I didn't want to be the one that like initiated that, you know? <laughs> so, you know, but the thing is like she was she's very kind. You know, she's a very kind person. So she would like check in like from time to time and she's like hey like are you doing okay you know like how are you doing and me being like the super tough guy that i am i'm just like yeah like this is great yeah no <laughs> i don't you're like do you need a break because we can take a break if you want a break but uh i'm fine <laughs> and in your mind it's like please god please god take a break like, please god please god please I'm gonna die. like i'm gonna die i've died so, my, male, my male ego oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude it's amazing what dudes do for like their pride and ego right dude but anyways in women so, everything yeah, no, <laughs> like everything. i was just yeah so like essentially we ended up running like an hour like over five miles oh my god <laughs> which is something that i like first never have done before and like so as you can imagine i died after like i was like sore and i could like barely move and i was just like a disaster but <laughs> but it's just kind of like from that point on you know we decided to just kind of meet every week you know to go out on this run and like I didn't want to be the one to also back down either and like be weak. So that started that started a pattern for me. So then, you know, every week, you know, at least once or twice, I would go to Central Park, meet her, and then we would go on a run and every time it would be like long, you know, but that kind of I think started at at least, you know, in my mind, I first discovered that I was able to do it. Like, I didn't even think it was possible for me to run more than like one mile. Because when I was in track, I was a sprinter. So me I'm, too. What you yeah. run? I was 100 and 200 and 4 by 100 and 4 by 200. Like, I was doing the relays and the sprints. Yeah. Me too. It was a Zoom yeah. high five. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. You can't see that on the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> I, I high fived my webcam. So, yeah. So then essentially, like from that point on, I like discovered, you know, some of like the benefits or I guess what I experienced from running. Because, you know, af after you run, you feel you feel great. I was also losing, you know, like weight. I was getting fit, you know. So like overall, like you start feeling good, you know, for all the things that you're doing. You feel like that sense of accomplishment for like running for that duration or that distance. So, and then because, you know, I was also getting to hang out with my friend, you know, every week kind of. So it had a lot of, I think, good rewards that, you know, was attractive for me to continue and that motivated me. So I think that's kind of how it started. And then because it also timed well where it was kind of getting into the summer. So, you know, I wanted to get my body in shape for the summer bod, you know, because I knew that I was going to a festival that had a lake and then, you know, we were going to be swimming and like doing water activities. <laughs> so shirts were going to come off. So I'm like, I got to make sure that I'm not, you know, an embarrassment in this uh, festival. So that also helped. So that kind of started, a, I guess, a habit. And then I think that established enough for me to, continue and then try to stay healthy because after a certain point in your life you initially when you're younger you're working out to impress you know girls or just like look good and after a certain point you start doing less for that but just to like live a little longer you know just like <laughs> it becomes it becomes you know much more for health and well, for yourself 
reality know, so. starts to set in that like wait we're no longer invincible i have to actually take care of, of this body. yeah and like you start noticing that like when you hit your like mid-20s and you start going into your late 20s you notice physical change the lower back early hurts. 20s for me the lower yeah, back starts lower hurting back. and then and it's just like if you're making fun of any old people it's like wait a minute this is yeah. this process so is you know i definitely had that <laughs> realization and i'm like okay i'm gonna you know like impressing girls is like one thing but i i gotta like live you know, I got to make sure that my health is like intact so I can do all the things that I want to do. You and know, you're trying to, impre- you're, you're impressing yourself. That's what you're yeah, trying, I'm trying to, to, I'm trying to impress myself. You know, Serve you know what yourself. it was when I was on the ship and I've told Trevor this, but I don't know if I told you this, Ken, mm-hmm. the reason why I started eating healthier and started like working out was when I got on the ship. I like really made the decision mm-hmm. because I, 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 not since high school had I had like a floor length mirror. Oh. Uh, so I had a floor length mirror in my cabin and I had my shirt off one day and I just kind of stopped and looked at the mirror and I was like, oh my <laughs> God, what have I done? <laughs> and I took pictures, what have I took I done? pictures of my body. I went to every angle and I, I had kept them in my phone. I made Oof. one of them like my lock screen. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, I made one of them my lock screen, and so every time I look, open my phone, and I stopped showing girls pictures on my phone for a little while because I didn't want them to see. But I was like looking at my phone. I was like, it was motivation because I wanted to look good without my shirt on, and I wanted to look good and know that I look good naked. I don't mm-hmm. know why. I don't know why that kind of switched for me. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the biggest reasons I stopped like fighting for myself and my business cause, was because I didn't feel good in my body. And I wasn't comfortable about the avatar that was interacting with people and being filmed. Right, you know? right. So I wanted mm-hmm. to change that. Yeah, I totally it, get that, man. It's funny seeing how these like kind of like semi-external factors, like it really is there. there is this like little trigger or something that jumpstart. It's what's later becomes a habit. Because I did the same mirror pick. I had gone home. It was the year before y'all, or the summer before y'all arrived at Juilliard. I had kind of gone through that first year. I looked a little schluppy. And I went back to North Carolina. I'm like, I have to do something. I, I cannot show up. I cannot show up with this belly. So it was like, insanity workout videos. Start eating healthy. <laughs> yeah, like I like how I gauge when I'm like at a place where I'm not, you know, happy with myself, with how I look with my body is like if I suck in my stomach like as much as I can and if it's still protruding out ah! <laughs> like then I know that I have to <laughs> really <laughs> really kind of do something about it like that's how I've always gauged myself you know if that's you, that's my bottom line oh you know God, like look how sweaty I am oh I'm just God. sitting down dude I'm not I doing mean, anything you know, but you just came back from a run, so that's perfectly normal. Like when I when I come back from a run, I don't take a shower until I've like completely cooled down. Stop, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I like I take a time. shower. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I have time. Get that. Yeah. But like that's like one of the reasons why I like cut sugar from my life. You know, like I like started doing like the no sugar lifestyle, and like to like clarify, it's not it's not like I'm like slashing every form of sugar. Like I eat fruits, but like I don't. Like, do, like, the whole added sugar or, you know, eat desserts. I don't eat candy. I don't drink, like, juice. Avoid um, breads or... You don't do any of that? I mean, like, sure, I eat bread because, like, you know, like, in terms of, like, entrees, there's so only so much that I can avoid. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just doing the best I can to, like, cut. But, like, for instance, I've never, I haven't had snacks 
candy or like dessert or juice like I don't know, like in over two years, like, yeah, because I like, I started this, I guess like this summer coming up would be probably like year three or something, you know, but like when I first started, that was what happened. Like I stuck in my stomach as much as possible and it was still protruding out. And I'm just like, (laughs) I, okay, so I got to do something. But at that stage in your life, like when you're kind of like, when you have a lot of weight, you know, it's not like you have a lot of motive. It's hard to find the motivation to like want to exercise or eat less, for example, or do some kind of diet. So like I didn't want to exercise. I didn't want to like eat less. I didn't want to do any hard work. So then I tried to figure out how I could still lose weight without doing any of the above, which is kind of stupid. But one of my friends. Tapeworm. Yeah. One of, <laughs> <laughs> dude, Sponsor of the show. Dude, I should, yeah. Next time I should do that. Next time I'll try that out. But yeah. So like Disclaimer, one of my, that was a joke. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> ladies that was and gentlemen, a joke. please do not try that. Do not ingest tapeworms. Oh, okay. Unless it's a official uh, Faking Notes sponsored. Unless uh, your doctor Affiliated tape, tapeworm. Yeah. So. yeah. But oh, oh yeah, branded. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just <laughs> used the code every backslash tapeworm.com <laughs> backslash faking notes podcast for 10% off. Oh, that's amazing. But yeah, no, I mean, like, so one of my friends was like doing a, like a no sugar thing and he was like super fit and he like looked great. So, like, of course he was working out and everything, but like what I Is took this from Brandon? him was no, actually not Brandon. Cause he's uh, always, he, dude, super, he's like the biggest active. sugar, he's the sh- biggest sugar monster, dude. That's <laughs> one thing that he will never give up probably. Like he well, that's eats why ice he's cream by like, like the tub. That's why know? he's always doing stuff. Like, I guess he has to. Oh, well, no, high like, energy. He, he tells me that like, he like exercises so he can eat ice cream, you know? Like, <laughs> that's, that's my religion, bro. Yeah. Dude, yeah. No, it's true him. though. So I think a lot of people have like different, you know, motivation to it. Mm-hmm exercise whatever ends up working for you, you what know? was the biggest change when you took sugar out because i've been trying for the past three years to really cut sugar for even a month and i fail every time like yeah. how how was that switch when you got because i did stop doing bread i did stop doing grains i did stop doing carbohydrates mm-hmm. um except for a cheat day but that was so incredibly hard for me to cut how do you how did you cut it all out completely you know i think it initially helped that i wasn't that big i wasn't that reliant on sweets to begin with from like my Mm -hmm. day-to-day so i think i had it a little bit easier than a lot of people you know who like constantly rely on that um but i i don't know there's like a sense of there's a part of me that's like very stubborn. Like when I decide on something, then I like commit to it like full heartedly. That's what I love about you. So I like same thing with you. like JHM, you know, like, or it sugar was- I was gonna one, segue us to that anyways. Yeah, so like sugar, it. sugar was one of them. Like I was like, I right, so I'm just gonna stop it. And you know, like the result is like, you start playing in tune, you start getting jobs, you know, like ladies left and right, like, Every you start making so much money. No, I I wish, but um. You guys can't see this. Literally, it is raining dollar like, bills in his yeah, apartment. Yeah, and like my and I don't even know how he I'm set that glowing, up. Glowing, you know, like <laughs> the screen is just like pure white now because I just radiate so much light. You know? Success. And that Success. clapping you heard a little while ago was uh, a girl twerking <laughs> in the back corner of his room. Yeah, that's um, true. While she held the lighting configuration. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> incredible. <laughs> 
you know, but I think the initial initial difference that I I noticed personally is my energy level. Like my I could sustain an energy level like throughout the day. So like the most common thing that I like struggled with, you know, like because being a teacher, I teach for really long hours of a the day. Like I go from the morning until afternoon, evening. And I can't have my energy spiking up and down. Like, so I can't be like really great for some of the students and then just like really like I don't care for some of the other Mm -hmm. students, you know? So when I would start my morning with like cereal or like some sugary breakfast, my energy level would spike and then I would crash hard, you know? And since I stopped sugar, like I don't spike nor crash. So I kind of like maintain like a steady stream Hmm. of just kind of like a constant energy from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. So like that's been really nice for me in terms of teaching, you know, and just like generally working because I don't have those surges of energy, you know, or crashes of energy during my day. So kind of like I when guess that kid. Yeah, so that's kind of yeah. that was my takeaway or I guess that's what I noticed, you know. And then aside from that I started losing weight too, you know. So that those two things for me were kind of like the result of that. And then when you continue that for a while, now everything sweet is overwhelmingly sweet to you. So you mm. don't enjoy it anymore. You know, so when you try to eat something like relatively sweet, it's just like too sweet. So it's you're not as attracted to it anymore after you like continue it long enough, I think. You realize the addiction. It's like, wait a minute, like this wasn't, there was something else going on that like made that Twinkie appealing. <laughs> and it's not because it's sexy and looks like a dick. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. kind of. Uh, Part uh-huh. of it, but Filled with cream. <laughs> Home, flowers on the floor, the light from just our eyes. Couldn't be, I've never seen a brighter night on my chair and corner cobwebs are rooms left with fallen whispers empty windows still I know that as we drive away there's a roof above my head on rainy days storms may follow is all I'll ever need A story marks a year Reaching skyward This love we've built is all I'll ever need Stairs, miles that we've climbed That is great to hear. So you've been using your your newfound energy advantage over most mortals and you've you've directly segued that into a very successful how how long has has the jams been going on like how many years are we into i guess uh i started february 2016 so it's been going since then so i guess over four years yeah was it only 2016 20 yeah 2016 like february 2016 because that was production class because it was like from (laughs) music production class and yeah, it was my grad school, like se- like senior, I guess, not senior, like second year master's. Mm-hmm. 
is because I grad like we graduated in 2016. I went to your recital, bro. It was beautiful, dude. Uh, man, that that's still uh, such a rough memory of me like missing shifts left and right on Brahms <laughs> F uh, major sonata. It was just like, it was oof. Beautiful. It's just like, oh, I'm so sorry, human like mortals have to like experience this with me. But you know, like that. It comes well, now you that. have over 400 uh, separate. Well over 400 now. You know, like uh, that's one of the benefits. Of it's like when you like start creating a bunch of content, you bury all the other content you don't want people to see. See, guys, yeah. that's a life <laughs> exactly. lesson. If you just <laughs> keep making stuff, you will bury all of your negative qualities. You'll get better. <laughs> and then the average, the average quality is going to go like this. You yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. about making a bunch of pieces of content over a long t- a period of time. Yeah, that's what I noticed too, because I used to be very afraid of just making a singular piece of content because like when you only have like one or two content that's out there, those two things define you, you know, like that's what people will like judge you on. But if you have like 400 videos, then, you know, as you were saying, it people just kind of get the average of those. So even if you have a good day or a bad day, you know, if you average out to like a decent representation of yourself, then, you know, that's a pretty accurate thing of what you are, or who you are. So. You're just telling me to make more content, aren't you, Ken? This is all a trick. Yeah, this is a big intermission. We'll see. Yeah, so like Ken- Trevor, Trevor sent me like a text earlier being like, yeah, can you kind of really push Trevor to, I mean, like Drew to really kind of step up his game? Yeah. And, and then, but Drew threw a I'm wrench really- in us when he started asking for lighting. So it's kind of like he came into our intervention circle and wanted more drugs. Uh, like, Ken, that's what it is. That's what it is. I was like, I'm but, telling you, man, I'll get that job if I can just get another hit, man. I need, <laughs> I need that lighting. I need that lighting. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the lighting is the only thing you're missing in order to produce more content. So, yeah. <laughs> it's just that's that it. one Everything. thing is the difference. It's that one, that's the you know, one if thing. only I had one more thing, I would be so much better. That's how it always works. That's, yeah. But speaking that's of that, question. so one of the reasons why, of course, you are our first and only phoning it in guest uh, was because I believe you called us in the middle of one recording and then we just stuck the, the microphone up. Oh, yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, my, and, like, cameo, yeah. Yeah, so you had a cameo, and so it was it was inevitable that we brought you on here. But one of the things I remember we talked about, it was singing, of course, your praises for your consistency. And you've been going at this for a long, you know, a full presidential term. <laughs> are going to, I guess, yeah, I guess you can name it that way, yeah. We're going we're gonna to probably potentially elect you for another four years, sign you up for another four years of the jams. Uh, but one thing you've, I think if anyone, you know, they've already heard our uh, glorious introduction of you, but I think they can even see from like the little fragments for those who don't know you of just how consistency and determination has played like a role in your right. career between all these various things about you. Uh, mm-hmm. Could you just like speak a little bit more about uh just the sheer dedication and consistency and what that's done for you. Yeah. So I think one of the, one of the things that you get from being consistent is loyalty and trust, you know, like essentially just like the biggest thing being trust, you like gain trust when you're consistent, you know, and this is not just like in content creation, it's like in relationships or friendships, you know, any, practicing like the consistency will gain you trust in your craft or relationships so that's one of the things that i feel like has start to or what i'm trying to i guess build you know i'm trying to build a trust you know between 
me and like the audience. And then that also starts to build, you know, I think respect and loyalty on both both ends. And so that's something that I feel like is, I think, a nice benefit of being consistent. And of course, being consistent is one of the hardest things to do because you have you have your like motivated days, you have your days where you're just not feeling it, you know, like you have things thrown in your life where all of a sudden you have so many things that you have to do and you feel like you just can't make time for whatever you have committed to, which I think is normal. But I think how I structure JHM is that I make it that one thing in my week or my life that I really look forward to, you know, and that really makes me happy. I structure it around what makes me happy. It's pretty much just kind of my motto in my head, you know, like, does this make me happy? And so when I was kind of initially trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, you know, when you're in grad school and you're about to graduate and you're like, uh, what do I do after I graduate kind of like thing? And, you know, I made a list of everything that made me happy in life. You know, so you make this massive list of everything, like from the smallest things to the biggest things. So, you know, like dim sum, guacamole, friends. So you the, know. He's, uh, he's going down the top of the list. I just want to make sure everyone knows. So, that yeah, was no, that was that was the top. Dim sum, uh, and guacamole, chicken parm, sushi. Like, yeah. So it's good to know where I stand. Yeah. So <laughs> then, like, Drew's like somewhere below like eggplant parmesan. You know, I'm like fifty-seven. Eggplant parm is delicious, though. So like, that is to be fair. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not ashamed of losing the eggplant parm. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, then, so from there, you start to extract things that has the potential to benefit somebody else. And then from that secondary list of things that make you happy and also benefit somebody else, then you try to combine as many of those things as possible and see what career route includes as many of those as possible. And if there Mm -hmm. is a career route that includes that, shoot for it. If it doesn't, create it, you know, kind of like thing is the kind of thing that one of my friends told me or kind of like gave me the idea to do. So that's what I did. So like JHM includes, I love chamber music. I love playing with other friends. So that collaboration, I love pop music. I love jazz. And then JHM usually now consists of like, you know, food or drinks or some kind of like food element, you know, or smoothies, you know, is often what gets served. So <laughs> I get to incorporate my passion for the Japanese hungry man, like food portion. And then <laughs> the whole like creative outlet of like arranging songs or like now the interest in like audio production, video production, and then just like learning social media. But, you know, essentially just the biggest thing being that it's a platform where I get to see my friends. I get to constantly stay in touch with my friends and then like have a reason to collaborate with my friends, which is something that is that I found hard to do when I wasn't doing this. You know, like as mm-hmm. a classical musician, as you know, Drew, too, when we're initially in school, like we get to collaborate often with classical musicians. You know, like we will play string quartets or like play with other people or, you know, like maybe we get to work with composers. But it was rarely the case where, you know, we might be able to like just as easily cross the division and like collaborate with jazz musicians or like pop musicians at the as easily when I was in school or like right after I graduated. So that also allowed me to 
make more friends. Like I, I'm a very social guy, so I love meeting people and like making new connections and making friends and getting a like finding a reason to reach out and like collaborate and essentially play chamber music. So I think that's the reason why I'm able to sustain JHM because I've I've tried to build it from like the ground up of why I exist or what makes me happy. So then whatever you build from it, there's that constant source of, I think, motivation or just inspiration or things that you would you would rather do or like would do anyway, even if you're not paid or even if people aren't watching or, you know, even if you're not a content creator, like what would you do anyway? And like I would hang out with my friends. I would like to jam, you know, like just spending time with my friends is something that I would do even if JHM did not exist, you know? So that makes it easy for me, like during the course of the week, even when I'm busy, I'm much more likely to make room to hang out with friends, right? You know, so you're always much more willing to make time for things that you like to do or you want to do. So I think that's initially kind of the seed that I planted for myself. So there's a constant motivation for me to keep wanting to do it. Because, you know, like if Drew, you told me that like I had to hang out with you once a week, I'd be like, that's awesome. Okay, I was like, <laughs> kill me now. <laughs> Just you like, know, but like, not going to happen without my lighting. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But, you know, that's the that's the kind of mentality. It's like you're like pretty much I'm telling myself that I have to hang out with my friends or, you know, every week or I guess twice a week I have mm-hmm. to hang out with my friends. And that's such an easy thing for me to do. Like, I would love to do that. Like, I would want to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, where it came from. And then, you know, to, I think, sustain it, too, there's I don't know if you guys have read the book Atomic Habits. Uh, yeah, on the on the Amazon wish list. Oh, oh, wait, does Drew have it's, it? Yeah, I look at this shit, dude. Okay, it's an so arm's just length for receipts. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, Atomic Habits, great. Book. Last done. time Annotations. we talked about a book, Ken. Last yeah. time we recorded, we were talking about uh, Stephen uh, Press. Presses the uh, or press fields uh, the, the, uh, war on, the war of art. The war, war of oh, art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my my laptop. You know, I was using it as a laptop stand to record. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Which is, which is a pretty but, dark metaphor. But. Yeah. So I mean, like Drew, I'm sure you'll you'll learn this as you like go through the book. But I'm like the eight. the four things that they really kind of emphasize are kind of how I try to structure JHM to make it a habit. So like one of the first things they tell you is that. There's these four rules. Like you have the first step is that you have to create a cue. And then you have the second step is the craving. Then the third step is the response. And the fourth thing is the reward. So like the cue Mm -hmm. being like, you have to make it obvious. Like you you have to have something that reminds you that first you have to do this thing. So for me, you know, for example, just like my living room is set up. So I can't avoid the fact of thinking about JHM, like literally that Polaroid or like that sticker or just like the bear. You know, it's like very JHM for me. So then first I have to make it obvious. So I get that initial trigger. Then the craving is like what makes it attractive. So like what I was explaining, like I have to hang out with my friends, you know, like I have to play chamber music with my friends. I'm like, oh, darn, you know, like, of course I would love to do that. And then the response, you know, like making it easy, you know, I think that's the hard part where you'll come across this you know, with a lot of musicians practicing, it's a huge barrier to open a case, 
to start mm-hmm. practicing. You know, it's, it's a big like my the likelihood of me. Yeah, like Drew's the likelihood. All about, yeah, yeah uh, like the likelihood here. of me practicing when the cello is already out versus when the cello is packed up. Exponential difference, right? So, like us human beings, we're much more likely to pick the road with the least resistance. So, if you structure the thing that you need to do as having as less, I guess, fewer steps as possible to actually get there, like how Drew has his viola case already open, so that's it makes it significantly easier for him to actually just pick it up. And like, you know, what might make it even easier is that, you know, right now you had it on the ground, which means that you need to like go down to get it or bed. bed. Okay, great. You know, like that, like even that difference, like human beings are like, you know, like I have to like bend down to grab this thing versus like, oh, it's already at my like arm level. Like I can just grab that, you know, like that's a huge difference. So, you know, that's the third thing, you know, trying to make it easy for yourself. And then the last thing being the reward, you know, like, do you actually feel whether if it's extrinsic or intrinsic, like a sense of reward and then make sure that you get some kind of reward. So then you're much more likely to repeat the process. So, you know, that's one of the kind of like the basic outline of this book, Atomic Habits. And I try to structure JHM like that. So it becomes a habit. And then I'm able to repeat this same process over and over and over again, you know, without fail is kind of, of how... For those of you listening, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Ken. Yeah, yeah. For those of you listening, this is James Clear. That's the name of the author. Um, and have you re- Ken, have you also read uh, Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg? I have not. Okay. I have another big one. Okay. That's, that's another big one. And actually, I think James Clear references it a couple times in Atomic Habits. Mm. Because I, he wrote this book after, re, I think, after reading Atomic Habits, if I'm not, I mean, after reading Power of Habit, I believe. Oh, nice. It's a lot of the same stuff. He was looking for I a bigger it. word. He's like, power plants, atom, nuclear. Aha. Yeah. Atomic. <laughs> this is how I trump power of habit. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a great book. I think, you know, like for people who are trying to or struggling, either breaking bad habits or creating new habits, I think it's a great resource if you can kind of structure whatever you want to accomplish around some of those guidelines. And then at least for me, I found that to be successful and easy to do. I mean, yeah, it's like the biggest thing being like, is it easy to do? You know, I think is a, it's a big thing. We've used you as an example when, and that's what we talked about on our little mini phoning it in one time spinoff segment was uh, when we were thinking about doing this podcast was just like, Ken, he's done it. And how did he do it? He was consistent. He kept going. And so I think what's nice about once you are consistent at something, which is something I struggle with, is that you want to live up to yourself as being consistent. So like we haven't missed a week. And when I think about not missing a week, I literally do think about jams, the jams. I was like, Ken Ken does it. Ken doesn't miss. He hasn't missed anything. I was like, I don't want to let Drew down. And the last thing I want to do is break the streak. It's that little game, that little buzz. Snapchat. And no, yeah, it's the Snapchat Snapchat streak. Like no one else really would care. I don't know if the listeners would like freak out if we went one week without it. But we know you would. We love you. I'd freak out, (laughs) even though yes, the faking fan would let us. You'd lose your mind. They'd be like, "Where's the toilet paper?" But yeah, I mean, yes, because the reality (laughs) is that the audience does not care as much as you, Mm -hmm. like in your own project. So, so I think. 
it is very true. Like one of the reasons why it's easier for me to like choose, like prioritize JHM is because now I have this four over four year streak. The the concept of breaking that streak is now so heavy to me. You know, like it means it means that I am going to disappoint every version of Ken like past like 400, you know, past four years. And that's that's something that's going to be like really hard to disappoint. You know, like there's a lot of Ken back there that chose to like make this happen even, you know, on hard days. And then if I'm going to be like, Uh, actually, you know, maybe I have a headache, not feeling it. Then like all the other Ken's going to like come back later and then just like punch me across the face, you know? That's beautiful. I'm trying to imagine that. That's one of the happiest things in my life, like a movie where it's just there's actually 400 Ken's of the past. (laughs) And like, what would you do with an army of Ken's? You'd make the world a better place, goddammit. There'd be so many habits. Like, and do the Ken's (laughs) multiply? Do those Ken's then themselves generate new, new Ken's? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. Okay, we need to so, copy yeah, this. It's, it's essentially kind of, yeah, you'll notice that the more you do something and you're the more you are able to do it without breaking it, it actually becomes a little bit easier because there's more weight, you know, for you to mm-hmm. actually follow, follow through and not break something that you have created. It's like if you have built like a really beautiful architectural tower, you know, like you're not going to like, knock down like four years of work building that power just because of one day, you know, kind of thing. So what, what I perceive, and it's based off of something I've read too, but what I think you're also alluding to is the fact that you made JHM a part of your identity. You self-identified with somebody that did it. And Mm -hmm. so by self-identifying, if you don't execute, it kind of shatters a perception that you hold very dear about yourself. The fact that, that you true. referred back to past Ken's is so profound. And I think I want to apply that to my life because uh, mm-hmm. as somebody who is by nature very inconsistent, if you're yeah. listening to this podcast, you know me. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm all I'm ADD with my activities. Our plot's thickening. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm trying to imagine, would all of our past selves, so say there's 400 of each of us somewhere yeah. else, would okay. they like join forces and like scheme to kill the most recent version? Like what... What, what yeah, are we going to do with this true. narrative? But, you know, I think, Drew, I think the thing that you were mentioning, I think, was also, I think that's also in the book, too, where it's like how you identify yourself. It's like the difference between, yes, I run versus, yes, I'm, I'm a runner. runner. You know, like, it's a huge difference. It's like, am I a person that goes out on runs or am I a runner? And, like, that self-identification does really help with the, you know, long-term habit creations. And yeah, not yet, like you were mentioning, I heavily associate myself. I identify as the guy that does these jams. So like, as you were saying, if I were to break that, then I am kind of shattering a part of who I am. And that's also a hard thing to kind of face, I think. Can I share something vulnerable with both of you? Just the two of you. Not All our right. past Faking selves. fan, okay. just plug your ears. Don't listen to this. This is very personal. <laughs> Um, I've been ashamed of identifying myself as a content creator because of many of the social pejoratives that are associated with it. And not only that, but also the community, uh, the classical music community tends to be very hmm, hit or miss 
when it comes to this sort of thing? How do you cope with that? Do you, or do you, has it ever been a problem for you? Have you ever felt a little ashamed of like, like putting yourself out there all the time and then eventually making a mistake and then people holding it against you? I think naturally that is a lot of just creators concern. But then at the same time, you've been an artist most of your life. And to be an artist is to be a creator. You're constantly in that state, right? So it's like, I feel like being a content creator is not that different from just being an artist, you know, and then the kind of states that you would go through as an artist. So I feel like you are trained to be able to kind of at least battle it maybe a little bit better than some other people. But that being said, it is true. Like there is always that concern. Like what if like the content that I create like really offends someone or like what if someone just hates it and then really kind of like hates on it and just like, you know, or like I get like a certain reputation that I don't the want associated yeah, mm, associated reputation. with me, you know, or like I don't want to be like known as the guy who you know, like kind of does crossovers, but can't really play cello, you know, like that kind of Bro, thing. Like, you yes, know, you know, like that's not that's not what I'm looking for. That's not really what I want. But of course, at the same time, you know, we do have to realize that we can't we can't please everybody. Like, it's just impossible. Mm-hmm. Statistically, it's never going to happen. You're, like literally whatever you choose to do in life, well, like whatever, but you know, like aside from like murdering people all the time, but you know, like- <laughs> There'll still be people that love you. Murder, murder. Yeah, sponsor like, yeah. the show, murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like literally, you're always gonna have people that really love what you do, really hate what you do, and then really indifferent about what you do. Don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, like there's just like, you're always gonna have those kind of three groups of people, no matter where you like swing. You know, and that's the thing that I have to like come to terms with, you know, because in the Mm -hmm. end, I have to just, you know, like going swinging back to like what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. You know, like if whatever I am doing currently makes me happy, then it doesn't matter like whether if people love it, hate it or indifferent because, you know, I'm serving kind of my interest for my own sanity, for my own self-development and then hoping that whatever I create can benefit some others in some small way, shape or form, you know, down the down the road. So that's what I try to always kind of remind myself. It's the whole thing where you can't like don't focus on like the criticisms. But if you are not going to consume the criticisms, then you can't also consume the compliments either. You know, like I think this is the thing that Gary V often says, too. But it's like if you are willing to accept compliments like words of other people, and take it in and hold it and deem it as something that's true, then that also means that whatever they say that's not good, like criticisms or complaints, that also means that you're going to have to take that in and then make that part of Mm -hmm. you as well. So if you don't accept either, then you're going to be able to kind of like be at like a happy neutral ground where you're just kind of living with yourself and your choices. And then, you know, if criticism or compliments come, you know, you kind of like, you know, see them and you're like, you know, that's great. But it's not something that you like take to heart to a point where it starts to, I think, ruin you. So I think you do have to kind of make sure that a lot of, you know, like Drew, when you're you're struggling with that content creation, you know, kind of like first figuring out, you know, 
what is what is the thing that makes you happy? And I'm sure, you know, it's a different thing when you have, you know, a large following. I'm sure there's a lot of pressure, you know, for like the people that have decided to follow you and like give their time to consume your mm-hmm. content or like mm-hmm. give you your give you their like loyalty or their support. And, you know, of course, there is a sense of responsibility that I'm sure you feel. And as like the numbers grow, you probably feel even more. It gets heavier. heavier. But in the in the end, like if you're not serving yourself and if you're catering just to your followers or what you feel like your followers would enjoy, you know, you're you're not going to last. You're Mm. you're going to kind of destroy yourself and then people are going to be like either like, wow, like he's a sellout or, you know, why is he doing that? Or, you know, like your initial brand was like this authenticity, you know, when you were being just very honest with your journey. And then it got fake. (laughs) Well, no, like your like journey to Julia, you're just like, you're, you know, I think that's one of the things that you were, you are good at, like just being very kind of like honest and just being kind of who you are and just kind of like, that's something I'm bad at doing in terms of on social media. Like Ken's a big old liar. Everything he yeah, just here's, said. Here's the thing. Here, don't listen lies. to this, man. Don't listen here's to this, the, man. Here, so let me, <laughs> let me kind of... <laughs> so I think something that I feel like Drew is really good at is, you know, being able to showcase his weakness. You know, I think that's a really hard thing to do. Like, I have the hardest time. Like, if you, like, look at all my content, my stories, my posts, they're all, like, happy. You know, like they're generally like uplifting or happy or just me having a good time. And like generally I am like a happy kind of person. Because he doesn't and, eat sugar. He lives a good yeah, it's the it's the no <laughs> sugar. Not that's crashing. The, I'm not I'm never crashing, baby. But that's the thing. Like, of course I'm a human being. I have really, you know, low moments in my life where I like have places that I struggle or like really have doubts about a lot of things that I do. But I'm really bad at opening up to my audience about mm. those things. And I feel like Drew, on the contrary, you're really good at that, which I, I admire. And that's, I know that's not an easy thing to do, like to be weak in front of a large group of people. Mm. You know, like there's still a part of me that is very protective about my, I guess, feelings or how I see myself or my, I guess, impression or my reputation or whatever silly things that I'm like holding dear on to. But, you know, so I don't think you need to feel so, I guess, pressured in a sense where you're like, oh, no, like I'm not creating content. You know, like Mm -hmm. my friends are creating content. I am not, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a lesser being, you know, because like, of course, when you're on social media, you are constantly looking at people's highlight reel. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you are constantly looking at other people's highlight reel, you are usually in a state of not highlight. You know, you're rolling it. <laughs> you know, that's like, that's just how social media is set up. You know, like you're usually in your bed and maybe you didn't accomplish jack shit that day. No. You didn't practice. You like maybe didn't work out and you feel bad about yourself. Then you're scrolling through social media and you're seeing all these people that have done amazing things that day and like have busted out content or something and then you feel bad about yourself you're like oh no like this is i'm not worthy or like i'm not valuable or things like that but you know i urge you not to fall into that trap because everybody i think has those moments except some Mm -hmm. people show it some people don't and like your strength 
you know, being that you can be honest, you know, that could be part of your content. You could just like literally sit down and be like, hey, like, I don't this know is- what to make. Yeah. Like literally you could be like, I don't know what to make. I'm not inspired. Like this is what I see. This is what I'm going through. And that's the kind of thing that I feel people really resonate to. And I think that's why you have such a large audience, you know, people can relate or they can empathize with you. You know, and when they see my content, there's only half of the spectrum that they can like empathize with, like which is primarily the happy, kind of exciting, yeah. like life is fun, life is great, like look at all the cool things that you can do with life. But I don't I don't have that other spectrum which you do. You like you have this broad spectrum of emotion and like life experiences that I think people can tap into. And that's something that's a weakness of mine. So like, I think you have to really kind of understand that that is a part of your strength. Dark and cold to the pole, there's a story there to be told. Compass rose, do you know how it feels to never be old? I wonder. What's left to uncover? Ice and snow, where to go? Is it such a crime now to roam? Years ago, now I know What it takes to set off alone I wonder What's left of my future? I'll pack myself a photo of you Face to the sun Showing me how to be still in the world But I fear what they say It's true in the end I'm falling away I just came by to say I'm leaving in the morning I'm off to sail where the ocean meets the sky It's not goodbye I know I'll see One thing that I want to say, I want to say thank you, brother. I really appreciate you. I, I, I receive it, and I want to do more of it. The thing that I think I'm suffering from right now is fatigue and burnout because I've been doing it for so long. Right. I mean, you've been doing it much longer than I have. So as long as you've been doing JHM jams, like that was when I got on the ship. I like where you are right now was when I got on the ship. Like Mm -hmm. I had been doing it for that long, for four years. And I'd been mostly doing the same thing for four years. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't getting the same dopamine high. I was very bored and it wasn't inspired anymore. It was just more of something I had to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think in a lot of that, I was losing my ability to be authentic because it was mm-hmm. an assembly line. It wasn't. So I, I needed some time to discover myself and try to, you know, take, pay more attention to myself because when you do do that much content, you don't have time to diet. You don't have time to exercise. You don't have time to have personal relationships. It's just right. output, output, output. So mm-hmm. like, where are you? in terms of, are you close to burnout? Are you doing okay emotionally? Like, Yeah, so it, I got pretty close to just like contemplating if I should just stop when I was close to that 400th 
video, you know, mm-hmm. because I was like, okay, so this is kind of like a, you know, like a landmark, you know, number, you know, just like another hundred. So maybe like I could finally, you know, take a break because I think around there I was, I was feeling pretty unmotivated, you know, partially because I just couldn't find music that I was really excited about for a while or just it's, as you're saying, it's exhausting. Like it, it's no lie that I enjoy doing JHM and I love the the social aspect of things, but it's also no lie that it takes an insane amount of work. So you much know? work. Yeah. Everyone like, follow our- Ken's story and it's just like, well, it's 2 a.m. Fixing the white balance, you know. <laughs> uh- yeah, like... Like, seriously, though, like, you know, like there's there are really wonderful parts about being a social media creator. But also, like, you know, like for me to like schedule one JHM, like the number of texts that I have to send to a ridiculous amount of musicians to even like get a like less than a handful of people to agree to be like, yes, I am available. Sure, I will come over and spend my time like for free, you know, kind of like. That's a that's a difficult thing to do. So like that in itself, just like the texting and try to find people, that legit the ad, administrative side is a lot of work. And then you know, of course, as both of you guys know, the editing is not a quick thing at all when it comes to mix like mixing, God. video editing, <laughs> and then like even after you've worked to like finish both of those and export it, then you have to like the copy that you're writing, like the caption or like you're uploading on every like platform and like catering it to each one, posting on Patreon, like doing the, like it's, it's a lot of work. (laughs) It's insane. It's a lot of work. And it's something that doesn't pay you a damn dime. That's the, that's the thing. That's the, that's the tricky thing. So like, you know, I think, you know, at that kind of point in my life, I was, it was really hard for me to just kind of like, find a reason to keep doing it. And, you know, I was kind of also feeling that I was just kind of falling into a pattern. You know, I was, they start to become kind of like a routine of mm-hmm. just like an assembly line of like, do sure. this, do this, do this. And, you know, like everything starts to kind of like look the same, sound the same. And then you're like, uh, I don't know if this is really as stimulating as like it first was with those high dopamine hits. Oh man, you know? they were so high. They were so high when you start, you know, you're like getting attention. You've like, you're seeing numbers that you have never seen before. Never. And like people around you are like giving you a lot of attention. And you're like, wow, like this feels really good, so you know? Good. Like, and then you get addicted and you get on a high and then after a while, it does it does wear off. Then it's like at that point, like, how are you going to sustain it? You know, how are you going to keep do something out? different or do something different? And I think it is perfectly fine to do like different things. That is a very human thing. You know, we evolve, we adapt. You know, to different environmental changes. So you know, this might be you know your moment that you are going through a very big change in your. Change. Your life and, you know, like to try to like see this in the long run of things, you know, like at least, you know, for you as a content creator, it's not like if you don't post for a week, like a 100,000 of your followers are going to just leave you. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to just leave you because you didn't post for a week. Like even if you don't post for a month, like let's be real. If you Uh don't post for a single month. I don't think I've done that. You know, like people are not going to be like, if anything, like the the reason, the reason that I feel like, 
people might start unfollowing is maybe because they keep seeing your like content in the feed and they're like, well, it's either that I don't like this content, so I'm going to unfollow uh-huh. or I like this is like too much. It's yeah. taking up too much. So I'm going to unfollow. But it's not so much that if they don't see your content, they're going to go out of your way and be like, let me look up Drew Ford, his profile unfollow because I haven't seen anything in a month. You know, These numbers are bad, dude. Like, don't look <laughs> at your analytics. Like, I lose hundreds of followers a week, dude. Dude, it's me insane. Too. I, I, I just think too. the psychology of looking at those numbers. Like, to, why did why did seven hundred people unfollow me this week? <laughs> yeah, like, what did I do it, wrong? It like really it, it it does hurt you. You know, like it's it like, does affect what? you. You know, it's what? like, what did I do to what offend do? you so much to like want to leave? Like, <laughs> go through the effort I, of leaving. Effort of leaving. And like, I completely understand, you know, because, you know, sometimes you just want to just kind of move on from like a certain creator or just kind of like maybe you want to kind of clean up your newsfeed or like people have a variety of reasons. You know what I think, it, I think it is, Ken? Yeah, I think it's these apps where a lot of people are trying to build their own followers and it has nothing to do with you. But if you don't follow them back, they'll automatically unfollow you from yeah. these apps. And that, and is, uh, that's what it is. that happens all the time. So, yeah. you know, it is it yeah. is healthy not to yeah. obsess over that. And like, yeah. you know, like, you know that like my Instagram has been dying for like months and months and months. And I was like complaining to you like, for a while being like, oh no, like am I shadow banned? Is that why my content's yeah. not reaching out? You mm-hmm. know, like what am I doing wrong? I'm like still putting out the content. But then, you know, like you have like one thing that kind of like gives you an idea or like takes you to a different trajectory. Like because I did one pizzicato video on the <laughs> cello and then I discovered that people really liked it. And like for me, it was, you, it, it was weird. Tell you? It was weird to me because I've always been posting videos of me plucking the cello like a guitar, like all of the JHM, right? Most of the JHM, I'm like playing yeah. like that. So like for me, I'm like, I've been how doing is that this, different? guys. Like, how is this different? Why are you all of a sudden much more interested in this video? But, you know, you start discovering things like to for me to be like a small part of a video, like in a corner kind of strumming the cello versus me just sitting on a couch or my bed and being the only thing in the frame and just showcasing like that skill or like to do that, like now I'm noticing that that gets much better engagement, for example. So then now, you know, because I'm like, okay, so this seems to be working. Turns out I also enjoy doing that anyway. Ah. (laughs) So, (laughs) So then, yeah, let me try just posting content that's just me Locking the cello. And then it's been doing much better than all of my JHM. Like I've gained, I regained all my followers that I have lost in the months before or prior. And, you know, but like the thing is like, this wouldn't have happened if I decided not to just stray away from my previous kind of pattern of just like posting JHM, 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 JHM. And then, you know, people after a while, I guess kind of become immune to it i guess they build yeah. a tolerance they to built it. up uh, we have herd immunity against yeah. your videos Ken. <laughs> yeah so that's the you know so you know like right now i'm like finding that this pizzicato thing works for me and then you know probably down the road if i continue this long enough i'm probably going to hit the same point where i'm like okay so like now the dopamine hits lower people aren't actually as interested as like my first couple videos what can i 
do different you know but i think that's part Start of the rapping. part of the thing about being an artist like we're we're a creative right like we're that's our job to be creative so like to constantly be able to use that part of our brain to kind of create something that is a little bit different or like to push ourselves in terms of creativity i think does make it a much more fascinating life to live because it's that variety you know like with anything like you wouldn't eat the same food every day three meals a day for like a month i tried sponsor the trader joe's pizza trader joe's pizza get the same order you know if it's taco bell then you know i might do it but like you know anything (laughs) yeah i'm just kidding but so like i think it's like the same thing with like being a content creator or even a content consumer you know i think it's Mm -hmm. having that nice balance and variety that helps i wanted just to chime in because there's so many little there's so many gems and avenues of things we can talk about and that's why of course we knew you'd be great to bring on uh even if you don't have drew's lights from 2015 uh yeah i'm sorry great guest but one one thing also again so many things we could talk about but with your the pizzicato video i think something else that played into it is you kind of did what you talked about what drew could do i remember right around then you were also mentioning like oh you, about this like lesson with your teacher and you're like i really love pizzicato and you know something else wasn't working with the bow and it's kind of like you know for a, a typical stodgy classical music teacher you know you want your students to do the best at the way you did it or that's the right. standard method you know go it's orchestra 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 but you you mentioned kind of this moment and like this particular piece where it's like, hey, okay, right. if you really are into pizzicato, this is what you do. And I think that was a nice moment of vulnerability and probably why it brought up uh, a little bit of that success. Yeah, I think it's because, you know, like most of my lessons were, you know, brutal. I was just getting like destroyed left and right in all my lessons, right? Everything that I did, you know, like he would be able to kind of crush me easily. You know, like every anything that I have built up in terms of self-confidence, like he just with the snap of his fingers, like dissipates. Right. <laughs> so like, you know, like I think in that situation, it, it was very nice to kind of have that like little moment where I was able to kind of like display, you know, a side passion and then for him to kind of like see that, acknowledge it and then, you know, offer something from his end that still incorporated, you know, very much of his standards of artistry or just Mm -hmm. like the techniques of playing the cello or just to be a musician, you know, and to be able to still work on that, but based around some things that I was interested in, I think was, you know, it was a sweet moment. It was a, it was a short moment (laughs) because soon after I started getting destroyed again, but you know, like, Uh. (laughs) (laughs) but it is nice hearing these things. And one thing I think I know what Drew mentioned too, is like, again, we're always trying to find balance. It's the ebb and flows and something from like meditation, kind of the whole point of that is just being able to control the highs and control the lows and find some type of middle ground so you can ride it out. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, we get tired from over, I can't, it's kind of like reverse inspiration porn. It's like sadness porn to where it's (laughs) like when when you're over posting the negatives, you know, you don't want to be around the bummer but when you're overposting right. the highs, it's like it's it's fake. It makes you feel bad. So it is. Right. I kind of right. I like hearing from both of you, like how you kind of go through these highs and lows and take people along your journey. And why we're gonna keep having you on this pod, uh, but despite the fact that we 
know you and love you is there's so many little gems. Uh, a lot of it's there's many things that are new and or reinforcement of things we've talked about uh, specific to this platform, our own separate channels. Uh, it's it is really nice hearing. Uh, and I think for our faking fam listening in on this too, just how to form the habits, but also how to change them. And it really uh, sticks down to the point of just, you know, kind of do, if you do, if you're doing what you like uh, and you can assess criticism and, you know, combine things, you can really, really create something that is successful and sustainable uh, while it's still being flexible enough to change as you change throughout your life. I think both of it, because both of your platforms, uh, while there's a lot of like fundamentally similar things, there are a lot of differences. So like Drew's brand is Drew, like Can Your Plan is kind of like platform uh, and like ensemble base. And so like while yours might be narrow in the sense that, you know, it's it's gonna have music in it and Drew's might be about his personal thing, it's, it's fairly different, but you both have flexibilities in your own like template uh it can can change it can evolve and it's exciting to just sit back and kind of observe both your different paths similar and unsimilar and to kind of see how it goes through and how it matches uh as matches yourself as you you know you grow as artists and individuals i love what you mentioned about how we're always we want the variety we want the constant change and we as consumers we like that so we should also why would we be surprised if we as creators would be experiencing anything any different? So thank you, Ken. That's huge, Trevor. What you just said was a big thing that many people who want to succeed, they find the chasm in front of them. And that's self-awareness of, of like, what do you actually like to do? And then extrapolating that onto other people. So if you don't like when people do something but you end up doing that thing that you see everybody else doing that you don't like, that is a form of crippling yourself in terms of standing out. And so being able to understand your own habits and own things that you like that other people doing and then incorporating that into your work, that's a huge key um, into not only standing out from everybody, but also making sure that people can attach to whatever you're doing. So one thing I love about JHM Jam is how the cast of characters is both always changing, but always recurring. It's like a show where I get to see the (laughs) same people interact with different people and the medium in which they all interact can kind of be anywhere from like jazz to classical to just straight up Ariana Grande. You know what it's, I mean? It's, it's the SNL it's of classical music crossover jams. <laughs> there you go. No, <laughs> Recognizable I cast with the occasional celebrity, and it's always different, but we know what to expect. But again, thanks thanks again, Ken. We're, we're going to yeah, keep yeah. having you on here. We won't take up uh, too much more of your time, so that way you can you know, go build a new habit that will last multiple years. But uh, <laughs> I'd like to end the show with a new yeah, segment we it. like to call – it just, just came up with this – Kinspiration. So will you give us a moment of kinspiration uh, for our faking fam? Uh, So my my kinspiration tip uh, for all of you guys, I think whether if you want to create something, make something last, you know, change the world, like literally anything that you want to build or do something great with your life and for others, 
the number one thing that you first have to take care of your health go run eat well you know hydrate well because if you don't have the energy and the health that you're not gonna have what it takes to sustain anything or create anything or to be able to put in the energy to do what you like to do so you know i i think just like fundamentally i think all these big ideas and all the things that you want to do is i think great but if you work down you know what allows you to do that like for you to be alive healthy and well you know and i think you have to i think acknowledge that first and then if you have that then you're going to have all the energy and the power to be able to do you know whatever you wish down the road can Kubota, can. ladies and gentlemen, go find him. Where can they find you on the internet? Where do you want them to find you on the internet, Ken? Yeah, so if you want to check out uh, JHM Jams, you can go to our YouTube page and you can just literally search JHM Jams. It's just one word. And on Instagram, it's kkubota8. So that's K-K-U-B-O-T-A. And the number eight is my Instagram handle. So those two are the primary places that you'll see my content. You can also just check out my website, kenjameskubota.com. And then there will be a lot of information there as well. Thank Thanks again, so Cam, much, for coming Cam. on. Everyone, mm. we, we got uh, you can check out the links mm. in the description. We've got we've got it all linked up to all the various channels. And we're gonna have you back on. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, this come is on. part one. All right. So, nice. so I, I'm looking forward to it. Go this for an in, go for an indoor run. Do do what you gotta do to survive mm. and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Love yes. you, man. Sounds good. Thanks for having Love me. You guys. All right. Take care, y'all. Peace. Bye. Peace. trespassing or a touch of mischief maybe that's why I fell so hard for you I'm in love what's the time for a heist that's gone wrong is it life and should years pass till I'm free from your charms and they're just memories that I'm still in awe of you. Oh, it's true. 